so hey guys i know it's been a while just wanted to uh let you guys know so much is going on in my life and i haven't forgotten about you and i still want to spread love light and positivity and uh share with you guys the light that uh god has been putting inside of me and i just want to say that true light true true pure light comes from god I know I haven't really talked about God too much on my podcast, but I want everyone to know, and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a Christian, and by all aspects of that word, I am a light bringer, and uh, the light is God shining through me. I have absolutely no no uh, credit for any light that I share except for that I just want to be an empty vessel for light to pass through in order to shine light in dark places and that that's my goal and I wasn't super clear about it in the beginning with you guys um because I was I don't know I was kind of afraid like I wanted to still share light but then I was like oh well the second they realize that I'm Christian they're gonna stop listening to my channel but I I need to be more bold as a Christian and I'm not going to shove it down people's throats in the fact that like I'm not going to preach, 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 but it's a part of who I am. So if you want to listen to my channel, you're going to hear about my experiences and I'm going to be open about um, my beliefs because it's an integral part of who I am and it's just important that you guys know where the light is coming from it doesn't come from the universe it doesn't come from a being in the earth it doesn't come from being one with the earth and things like that i mean i'm not making fun of anyone else's beliefs by any means or stretch of the word but i also believe um that god in in christianity is the way to happiness and um i have many uh, i don't know what the word is like i've done so much research because i'm a person that things need to make sense and when you just look at the bible as like stories and you know things like that it doesn't add up and didn't make sense to me for the longest time and then i did actual research on like documentations and and it just started adding up, especially with what's going on in the world. And I'm somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not going to be sharing those views on, on my podcast because my goal isn't to you spread anything but love, light, and positivity and um, just get you guys on your own path toward happiness. But I'm telling you how my path is and without telling you about how God changed my life, I can't really share with you guys the truth in what made me move toward a different goal as, as far as happiness goes because the world thinks that happiness is in material possessions or status and those things are so temporary and, and they, act, they just don't matter. In the scheme of things, they really don't matter and... Um, the thing that matters the most to me in my entire world is my faith. And that's my foundation. 
and where, where the Bible talks about the man who built his house upon a rock and then the man who built his house upon a sand, having the foundation of the rock being God and my faith and um, a faith so strong that it, like nothing can tear it down, then building your house upon that foundation, that's what's going to stand, that's what's going to last when turmoil comes and tribulation comes and trials come and obstacles get in your way because you're going to have that foundation. If you build it on sand where you don't, you're, you believe what you're told or you believe something because, you know, that's what everybody else believes, you know, that, that kind of thing, then you're, you're on a, you're setting yourself up for disaster. When turmoil comes, your foundation cracks, you're going down. Everything that you believe in is going down. And, um, I challenge people to ask me questions and challenge my beliefs because I have done so much research and I, and my faith is also so strong that I'm able to defend my beliefs with a firm, um, a firm pass, not passive aggressive, but in, in such a way that I know what I believe stands and if somebody, I always pray about this, if somebody has an idea or belief that contradicts mine and um, I can see it as truth, then by all means share it with me. If I believe something wrong in the Bible, I, I will never believe that God isn't real just because the experiences that I had and I know to the core of my being that I know that he's there. But there may be some um, things that I have wrong in, you know, believing in the Bible and certain things or other things that haven't been brought to my attention. So I'm not one-sided or closed-minded to say that, no, everything that I believe is 100% true um, and there's nothing else that can be added because, it, like, the Bible is a living, breathing Bible a lot of people don't see that, but it constantly adds to me and gives me more knowledge every day. And, and it's my bread. Um, you, you have to live and eat every day. And that's where my, you know, knowledge and um, spiritual growth comes from. So if anybody has any spiritual growth to share with me, I'm not close-minded enough to say that I know everything because as far, as far as I'm concerned, I'm at the tip of the iceberg is for what I know. And I, I want to absorb and learn more and um, just become a student and, and just take in all that I can because I feel like that's why we are supposed to be um, in church, not just to be in a building and, you know, hear God's word and then go home. It's to build each other up and teach each other what we don't know. And uh, God may reveal something to one person that, you know, to share with other people. And also it says iron sharpens iron. Your faith is just stronger when you are surrounded by people who uplift you and believe the same thing as you. And uh, that's very evident whenever I go to church camp and, um, as a dorm leader and things like that, because you see the positive peer pressure, whereas um, all the children that are there to learn about God and and absorb everything that they can. And when it comes time um, to to speak 
about God and stuff. They're not afraid to do it because everybody there has the one mind and one purpose of the same thing. But when they're in actual school or around friends that don't believe, they're a little bit more timid to speak about their experiences with God and the things that have happened because the people around them, they're afraid of being judged by. And um, Christianity is becoming a minority in this world and it's becoming a thing that people are afraid to announce and I um, was one of those people who was afraid to announce I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it um, because there's so many stigmas that come along with that and it it's sad because a lot of them are not true and I want to break down some of them um, for you guys because one is that Christians are anti-gay and anti-homosexual and uh, that's that's a little bit of a touchy subject with most Christians I guess but with me it's not I love everybody who, who cares what you do who you are that like I God says that my job is to go out and be a fisher of men it doesn't say clean the fish it doesn't say, um, make the fish, you know, do this. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about me forcing any belief system into anyone else. It's just getting people's eyes open to the truth of God and his love. And that's it. Christ himself on earth did not go out and condemn people. He didn't. As a matter of fact, the people he was maddest at were the people in the church think about this for a second church existed when jesus was on earth and he did not waste his time going into the churches and preaching he's god himself and he didn't go into the church and preach he was church everywhere he went he went where people were hungry and he fed them he went where people were diseased and he healed them he went where people were outcasted and he hugged them and loved on them and said, you too are accepted and loved and I just want to pour more and more and more love. And that is why so many people followed him and said there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that just followed him everywhere he went because he, he is love. Love is not condemnation. Love is not saying... Um, let's rally against this, you know, gay marriage and put up signs and, you know, start fighting against people. Where in Christianity is it okay to fight against people? It says we are battling principalities of darkness. It doesn't say people. Why are we hurting people and making people feel like, like they're not worthy to be loved? I can't understand that. I can't wrap my head around that concept when Christianity boils down to the actual term meaning Christ-like. Christianity. Christian. Christ-like. Christ didn't do those things. He would not be at a rally holding a sign saying, go to hell. He would be at these places with people that were outcasted and loving them, washing their feet. 
just just think about that for a minute. He became a servant to people that were considered the worst of the worst that churches wouldn't even accept. The Pharisees wouldn't even accept certain people that didn't dress a certain way or live a certain lifestyle into their synagogues and they wouldn't even accept them. They had to stand outside and hear, you know, the word being preached out from outside the church. And Jesus was washing those people's feet. He, he was a servant to those people. Just think about that for a minute. We have the wrong idea of Christianity in church. And yes, I get it why people have bad taste in their mouth towards Christians. But real Christianity isn't how it's being portrayed in the world. And true Christianity is truly a minority it, the true meaning of it and it is truly a minority but there are a lot of people with the heart that want to do good and that want to um you know change the world like me and make an impact and and fight for the light to uh over you know go everywhere in the darkness and then there's people who are just judgmental and they're like, well, I go to church every Sunday and these people are this and these people are that and they don't go to church and they're not good enough. And to me, that's not a Christian. And, and maybe, you know, at some point they'll open their eyes too to the truth. But to me, those are the people also that I want to reach because I want to say, look at what you're doing. Look at how many people you're pushing away from the love of God because you are judging them. And in the Bible, it says the greatest commandment is love. The greatest commandment. He, he gave us the Ten Commandments, but he said the greatest commandment is love. That means above all those commandments in the Bible, love surpasses everything. You don't show love by judging people. He showed us unconditional love by sending his son to die on the cross for the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. People that you just wouldn't even want to ever be associated with. And those people are worthy of his love. Murderers, killers, drug dealers, like Every single person on this planet is worthy of his love. So how dare we ever point our finger at somebody for anything that they've ever done in their life and say that they're not worthy of God's love. So that stigma is a, re a huge reason why people are afraid to say I'm a Christian. And, and I get it because that's kind of where I was at some point in my, you know, Christian walk, but I want to be bold. I want to make a difference and I want to show people what real Christianity is and, and what God's love really is. I was talking with this amazing person last night and, you know, it was, it was a great conversation. And, um, I was talking about how God is perceived as, as this angry being up, you know, in heaven that's pointing his finger and trying to, like, you know, squish us like a bug if we do something wrong or strike us with lightning the second we step out of line. And, and he's perceived as this, like, oh, no, you better follow these rules or else. But that's not what 
God is. God is love. He's the definition of love. And people take things out of context in the Bible. And people do twist things and manipulate and make God into this, you know, dictator. If if he was this dictator that just wanted everybody to be miserable, he wouldn't have sent his son to die on the cross for us. Think about the implications of that. Think about the the amount of love, selfless love that it takes to put your own child through that and knowing that he's absolutely perfect and just just how much selfless love that it takes for Jesus to agree to that it it's insurmountable insurmountable especially since he was perfect and he loved us so much and all he did was love that's all he did just, just think about that. God is not an angry being that's up there trying to, you know, waiting for us to step out of line to strike us, you know, and, and saying like, oh, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. All right, you're in church every Sunday? Check. No, no. Matter of fact, he's, I believe he is just angry and beside himself at some of the Christians out there that think and, and are happy with themselves at the fact that they go to church every Sunday, but they're not spreading love. They're just going to church to meet their quota of, okay, I went to church or I go to church every Sunday, status symbol. I'm above everybody else. No. Me personally, I don't think I'm better than anybody. There's nobody out there that I think I'm better than. Not one person. I could have been born, you know, to a, a mother who was on drugs and, you know, my life could be totally different. I could have been put in a situation, you know, where uh, I was raised to believe something that, you know, out of ignorance and like it, it, it's, it's a struggle for me to understand why people judge because they haven't walked a mile in, in, in the other person's shoes. And that quote may seem a little cliche, but it breaks my heart to see people that, point the finger at somebody because it's like how do you know what that person went through and why they believe that and um I'm sorry I got a little emotional about this because um my own mother was in a children's home for all of her life and she had been put through so much abuse and um she she went through a lot a lot and for anyone to point their finger at my mom, it, I would have to say, you know what? I want you to live just one year of her childhood and tell me that you wouldn't make the same wrong decisions and that you, would, you wouldn't still be lost living through life. And I believe that God put her in my life and made me her child because he knew that I was the person that could help her and and walk her along and sometimes you know it's it's difficult to see somebody who even hurts you in ways and does hateful things to you as somebody who needs help or you know um 
who's who's done wrong to you as somebody who you should pray for and and um care for and love but that's why the greatest commandment is love because god says that it's easy to love your friends everybody loves their friends there's no one out there who doesn't love their friends because they're their friends but how much harder is it to love your enemies or the people who hate you i don't like to say that i have enemies but there are a lot of people who dislike me or hate me and um there were a lot of people who hated jesus and he was perfect so i pray for those people um one of the things that i've made a habit of doing is when somebody does something wrong against me i i just want to bless them and pray for them and smile at them and just tell them i love them and i forgive them immediately it's hard at first because you want to hold on to that aggression and that anger and that that resentment but that's what was that's a tool of the enemy to use for us to fight against each other and um that's the opposite of love so if the greatest commandment is love and i'm being hateful or resentment back to someone regardless of what is done to me then i'm breaking the greatest commandment just think about that and what a difference it makes to love people who hurt you i know that um i taught my children this and it's made such an impact in their lives one of my sons he's really smart and he's very emotional and um he he's very easily um i guess like a target for a, like people who have that bully mentality and um and i sat down with my son because he got bullied a lot um a few years ago in school and had a huge we talked till i don't know 12 midnight one time um from the time that he got home from school and we just talked and talked and talked and one of the things that i told him because he was very angry and he's like why are these people so mean to me i'm just gonna go to school and you know just punch him in the face and he was just he was reacting out of anger so i sat down with him and i said so for a minute just for a minute i want you to think about what your bully this bully goes home to maybe when he goes home his dad beats him or beats him up emotionally or tells him he's not good enough you have parents that love you and that appreciate you and that build you up but what if and and this may not be the case there may be other factors involved but i just wanted to get his mind thinking what if he had to go home every day and he was he had to look for food because there wasn't any in the refrigerator and uh, or maybe um even he comes home and he wants to talk to his parents about his day but they're on the computer and they don't want to hear him and they're like oh well yeah that's great uh uh-huh, go on you know there there's going to be some resentment and things built up inside this child that he's going to want to project onto somebody and i told my son the reason why you are an easy target is because jesus was an easy target for people because he was full of love and you're full of love and don't take that as a weakness it's not a weakness you can use that love to change people and so we talked about it and i said uh what i want you to do is anytime this person 
reacts towards you or does something to you, he would, this kid would take his backpack all the time and run with it and try to get him to chase him to get his backpack back or he'd push him down. He would call him names a lot. He would get called sissy and, you know, names that were um, inappropriate for me to say on here. And every time my, my child would come home, at first he was so hurt and he was, it was breaking him down. But as I was building him up and trying to get him to see the bigger picture, I kept telling him, I want you to respond in love. I want you to constantly keep telling this person, no matter what you do to me, I'm not going to stop caring about you. I'm not going to stop praying for you. I'm not going to stop because there's nothing that you can do to me to break my spirit. There's nothing that you can do to me to stop me from loving you because that is, that's what I believe. And slow, it, it was a slow year. Um, he, he would still come home and cry to me and like, why? I just don't get it. Why? And one day I remember he came home and it was a little bit different and he was like kind of excited and I was like what happened today was the bully not there at school so you're so happy he's like no 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 and it, I I need to tell you something so we sat down and I uh, said remember how you told me to react in love and I said yeah and he said well I've been doing that and at first I was like it, it didn't work but I just kept doing it because it I wanted, you know, to, to keep trying it and see if it eventually did something. And he's like, and I, I'm not a hateful person and I'm non-confrontational like you, which I'm, I'm definitely non-confrontational, but I have built a backbone. There's a difference between having a backbone and being non-confrontational. So anyway, he's like, I'm non-confrontational like you. So I didn't want to fight back and I didn't want to hurt anybody and I didn't want to be resentful. And, and I completely understand you know, where this kid is coming from because I learned more about him and he does have um, a parent that just doesn't care and that isn't in his life and um, his dad's not in his life at all, but his mom just is never around and she's always, you know, hanging out with her friends and things like that and he learned some things about this kid. But um, he was sitting at lunch and the kid had thrown like food at him and um the teacher had seen it and she came over and she was getting on to this the student that was the bully and my son turned it around and said um he was just playing we were playing he's he's so he's fine and he had the opportunity to really get this kid in trouble and the kid looked at him and he's like, yeah, we were just playing. And, um, then the teacher walked away and he said, why did you do that? He's like, are you scared of me? Are you scared I'm going to beat you up if you tell him me? He's like, no. He's like, then why did you do that? He's like, because I care about you. I don't want you to get in trouble. He's like, I know that maybe you might be having a bad day. And, uh, so the kid was like, I did have a really bad morning this morning. My mom wasn't home and I couldn't find her and she needed to sign my agenda and I couldn't find her. He's like, it makes me so mad because she's never around. And so 
my son just started talking to him and pouring into him and uh, he witnessed him to know that my son at seven years old was being a light in the darkness and planting a seed where everybody else would have reacted in anger and hate. He was planting a seed and he actually became friends with this kid. And, um, and I, I'm, he still had some anger issues and, and things like that, but he actually befriended my son. And when other people would, you know, say things about him, he actually stood up for him. And that whole rest of that year, those probably about three or four months left in that year when my son would just come home and have more things to tell me about his newfound friendship and it it showed me so much and it taught me I mean I did instill those values into my own son but just to see them applied and working it, it just goes to show you that love does conquer all love is what surpasses every amount of evil that exists and Jesus showed us that by dying on the cross in love he didn't do it for any other reason but love so if love is the greatest commandment and Jesus showed love when he was on earth then sharing the love of Jesus and and the true love toward human beings is what being a Christian is all about. And you can't have that love without having God. And the reason why I say this is because I have friends that are very, um, they're, they don't believe in God, agnostic or, um, or atheist. Um, and I don't preach it down their throats and I don't like, oh, you should believe in God because you're wrong and we're not going to end up dirt in the ground. We're, we're you know supposed to believe in God and there's only one way I don't do that I just love them and I when times come when uh, there's hard times in their lives they come to me for advice and I tell them God's the only thing that gets me through it God is the only thing and um I see the you know the plant the plant the planting of the seed growing and being nurtured inside of these people to where they're like, maybe there is something to this love thing. Because my, one of my closest friends, she tries to apply my love light and positivity and a lot of the things that I um, do without putting God in it. In her opinion, there's, you know, the earth as a spirit and um, there's, you know, a being out there but let's not call him god let's just say that he or she or all of them are you know one with the universe and mm -hmm. i don't she doesn't believe that um jesus died on the cross or was any kind of special you know thing so she wants to believe in the idea of all of it without that and without that it's not true enough she has such a hard time with bad things that happen um because the foundation is sinking sand it's a foundation that doesn't hold up to the trials and tribulation for me 
when trials and tribulation happen, I'm like, I know my God's got me. I know he's got my back. And he, and he has so many times in my life. I, I have been where it is not humanly possible to get out of a situation. And God was like, no, I got your back. And he showed me through many, many different ways that it was him and only him that got me through it. And when you have a God experience, you know to the core of your being and in your bones that, yes, this is my creator. And he is completely 100% invested in my life. To know that and it's not just like a belief like, oh, he's way up there and occasionally he looks down on me like I'm a little, you know, a little person in the Sims and checks in on me. No, he is literally omnipotent and omnipresent in everything that I do. I see him and to know that he's powerful enough to do that with everybody. I'm not, I'm not anybody special. I'm not anybody that has any kind of, you know, special status of any kind. I am not, um, you know, someone that would even be considered, I guess, like, you know, I'm not a pastor or any kind of status symbol in Christianity of any kind. I just have a relationship with my creator to have that foundation is what makes me truly, truly happy. Bad things can happen all around me. My car can get towed. I can um, start having, you know, bad things happening to me where I think they're bad things, but I always look at them like, as long as I'm following God's plan, as long as I'm in God's will, he's got my back. So whatever is happening is supposed to happen. Free will is a gift that has been given to us as human beings um, because, and I know I'm going off on so many tangents, I'm sorry, I just have so much to say and I haven't talked in a while, so bear with me, but um, the there's a place in the Bible where it talks about um, wheat being buried or the seeds being buried into the ground in, in the middle of the night of uh, the enemy came and snuck, like, seed, uh, had corrupted the ground with, like, seeds of weeds or something like that, and, um, the, the people came to the owner and said, well, what, what should we do, just burn the whole entire ground and, like, start over, and he's like, no, just wait till you start seeing the, you, it, come above the ground and if it's wheat then we're going to get all the wheat together and then burn the ground after like burn what's left because that's the weeds and uh and so I honestly believe that's the purpose of us being on earth because this is totally just a theory but God is love and God is um fair in everything that he does and he's a just God and he knows who would make the decisions to be evil and he knows people who um, are 
doing bad just because that is, you know, the lifestyle that they've been put in. And that's, you know, kind of like some people deal drugs because that's what their parents did. And, you know, but inside, deep inside the heart, the real deep part of the heart, it can be molded and, and refreshed. And some people, it's hardened and it's the weeds. And some people, it's the wheat. But you don't know what it is under the ground until it comes up. And he, he knows already who's in the book of life and who's not. But here's the kicker. He would not be a fair and just God if before giving us the chance to live out our lives, we got judged for things that we never did. So say, I know, like say it like I'm in God's position, like, you know, not saying that I could ever be God, but just saying like, put yourself in God's position and say, okay, well, you know, these people are going to do bad and choose evil over good and in their heart is more evil than good but they've never done anything wrong but you you're going to imprison them anyways they're going to always be like well you never gave me the chance to prove to you that I wouldn't do those things or would do those things and so they they wouldn't feel justified in the fact that they're being condemned. Now, if you let them live out their lives and kind of just live the role, then um, they have the chance to prove which what they're going to choose. So, choosing God is um, the number one thing over and it's it's so hard to explain because um when in the beginning of the bible when uh lucifer had chosen to become god himself he was going again he was like okay i no longer want to believe you are the number one i want to be the number one so i'm going to rally people or angels with me and they're going to follow me and the mentality of that it was sin but the mentality of choosing that over god is the same mentality that when people are on earth choosing anything over god so he doesn't want that to enter into heaven if that makes sense you know anything that you do on earth if your heart is malleable even if you've murdered somebody but your heart is malleable enough to choose god over sin and the world then you are not like lucifer you were just put in situations where sin was all you knew and that's what you chose but when you started to choose god then it, you know, your heart was able to open up and and really believe and and the faith was strong enough there in him and if you choose him then that's you know, you become, you're the wheat that's growing out of the ground. Who cares what you did underneath the ground? It's what, because you don't see what grows underneath the ground. The, the wheat is what's sprouting. That's what he sees and that's what he's going to harvest. So, and he removed the, 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 uh, the one thing that separates us from his love, which is sin. He removed it. It's gone. People are so caught up in the back of the like, oh, 
if you're a Christian, you can't do anything wrong. You're you're stuck in this, you know, life of boring. And first of all, I have tons of fun, and I'm a Christian. I don't have to do anything bad to uh, <laughs> have fun. And um, th- there's so many rules that get put on Christianity, like oh, you can't have tattoos, and this is this, and this is that. And I challenge you to show me where in the Bible where it says you thou shalt not have tattoos. There is a part where it talks about um, you shouldn't um, mark your body um, in the na- in in false god's name or in the name of any um, other being. But it doesn't say anything about just not having them all together. And also. Um, there's other things that stipulations that are put on Christianity that are like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I, I beg to differ. Like, I, I live my life and I am very happy with my life. And if God convicts me on something and I know it's him convicting me, he backs it up with scripture and he backs it up with, um, you know, when in prayer, when I'm talking to him and, and then I'm like, okay, well, I do need to take care of that. But, um, it, it's just, we're always learning and growing. And, um, so as a Christian, I'm able to have tons and tons of fun being a Christian. So that, just that alone isn't, um, that's a stigma that's put on Christianity as well. It's not true. But, um, he removed sin completely we we just have to ask for forgiveness of our sins if we mess up lord please forgive me of my sins that doesn't mean though you can go like do something you know say oh well i'm gonna ask for forgiveness after i do this because it's not truly wanting to be forgiven and not truly repenting of the sin but uh, he removed it so that way all we had to do was ask for forgiveness and it's gone and there are times when, you know, I sin, like it, it just happens. You're human. It, there's temptation of sin and it happens. But to know that my God has always got my back and that as long as I'm repenting and, uh, and David was somebody in the Bible who um, was the apple of God's eye and he sinned. Of course he sinned. He did some pretty bad things actually, if you read about it, but I'm not going to go into detail of the things that he did, but he, he wasn't the most upright man, but he was the apple of God's eye. And why was that? Because he was able, when he knew he did wrong, he repented and God was right there like saying, okay, nothing's going to separate this relationship that we have. Nothing's going to separate the love that I have for you. Because you just removed that sin and shame immediately when you asked for forgiveness. And that's what the sacrifice of Jesus was all about. To show his love for us, but also to remove sin and shame. So we could have a one-on-one direct connect with God at all times. When you have the this bearing of sin before you have asked for forgiveness, it's blocking you from your spiritual connection to God. The second you ask for forgiveness, which is all you have to do and truly have a repenting heart of the things you've done, um, then you're able to connect to God in a way that it, there's nothing blocking you. 
And I found that when I ask for forgiveness before I pray, it's, you know, a huge thing. I see the movement of God a lot more than I've ever seen it in any other time in my life or when I'm fasting or when um, I'm praying in tongues because those are tools that we can use and utilize mm -hmm. to fight against the principalities of darkness. So um, I give you guys a lot to think about and marinate on. And um, if you don't want to listen to me anymore because of my strong beliefs, I, I hope that you do. And I love you anyways. And I want you to know that if that's what you choose, that's what you choose. But maybe I planted a seed and you just take that and go in your life with that. And maybe one day that seed will grow. I will constantly pray for all of you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, thank you guys for subscribing. If you've subscribed, if you haven't, and go ahead and subscribe. I'll try to keep updated as much as possible. And um, try to keep it a little bit shorter next time. Because I know everybody has a life and things to do. And I am so guilty of talking too much. But I just have a lot to say, I feel like. And... Um, I wish you guys all love, light, positivity, and just go out there and be light bringers and spread that light and love and positivity. And if you got anything out of this, then um, you know, take that and, and share that with somebody. That's all that I want is that we just spread love. And uh, so have a wonderful day today. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.